Get your notes out. And I want to start this month on building a legacy of faith. Go ahead and add that out to the, the notes up at the top. Building a legacy of faith. Let's go right to the scripture in Psalms 112. And it says, God will come to him who is generous and lends freely. And he's not just talking about our money, though, to this part of it. God will come to him who is generous and lends freely. What does that mean? That you're, always, you're not looking for something back when you bless somebody. Come on, somebody, help me with that. All right? That God will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. Surely those who do this will never be shaken. Now, he didn't say there wouldn't be a shaking. Come on, anybody have some shakings in 216? Some unexpected, some undesirable, some out of control. Come on, anybody, my family, I can tell you, it's been a shaking year with our grandson and, and all that's going on. There's, it didn't, didn't say there wouldn't be a shaking. It said you won't be shaken. Because let, let me define that to you. You see, if you do not define who you are and why you're on this earth, your problems will define you. He, he said, if you, if you got it together, nothing going on in your world is gonna shake you. But if you don't know who you are and why you're on this earth, you're gonna be defined by what's going on around you. He says, a righteous man, I love this part, a righteous man will be remembered forever. The simple word definition for righteous there means the ability to just do what's right. I don't have to pray about it. I don't have to, you slap me, I'm gonna turn the other cheek. Now, I may run out of cheeks, but if you, <laughs> I don't have to pray about loving my enemies, praying for those that despitefully use me. He's already told me to do that. You with me? And, and so he's telling us here how to lay a foundation to really establish a strong legacy. What is legacy? Legacy is something handed down from one generation to the next, living and giving to something that will outlive me. That you wanna build something bigger than you. And there's something you can leave far greater than money to your children. Now we've already told ours, you ain't getting nothing because we're spending all of it, you know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> don't hold your breath, you need a job, all right? That's not true. We're going to leave them something. They just don't have any idea, all right? But here, here's my dad. I think they've got a picture of my, my father, my hero. I lost my dad a few years ago, but my dad was the strongest man of faith. And the reason I brought him here today is I've had some real one-on-one -on -one meetings with my dad over the last four months, some of the four most trying months of my life. And, and I'll go down to the water, and though my dad's not here in person, I can hear his voice because I know what he would say. And I would just ask him, what, what do I do here? How do I handle this? And though he's not there in person, already I've had enough conversations with him to know what he's gonna say. And he's still my coach. But my dad was, he wasn't a preacher, he wasn't a minister, he was just a lay person in a church. But he had a faith that was unmovable. When my dad was dying of the brain disease that took his life, he came to Pensacola to lay hands on my son Tommy and pray. And I got pictures of my, my dad in a feeble state physically but laying hands on my son Tommy and praying for him in the hospital room because his faith was so strong. Even in his dying, he was believing God for somebody else's miracle. And my son's here today as part of that prayer. And so I'm, I'm saying all this about my dad because my father did not leave us money, but he left us something far greater. 
because money comes and goes. But my dad has left the generation to follow him a legacy of faith. He built a legacy of faith that will continue for generations to come. And, and the Bible said that when you're that type of person, he said here in the scripture, how did he put it? He said that surely he will never be shaken. He said a righteous man will be remembered forever. And I can tell you, when I did my dad's funeral, you would have thought I was burying a superstar. People came from all over. The place was packed to the hill. There was no room. And every person that came up to us as I preached my dad's funeral shared with me because I, I, I left home when I was 21. I never got my bed. I never got to sleep in my bed. There was always a homeless person in my bed. There was always a drug addict. There was always somebody in my bed. My brother was bigger than me and he wouldn't give up his bed, so they got mine, all right? And, but dad was always bringing somebody home. Mom always cooked for extra people because she knew dad was bringing a homeless person home. He was bringing an alcoholic home. Somebody was gonna have my bed. But that's why we have the passion for the poor that we have today because it's part of that legacy. That's why this church has the vision it has today because of a legacy of this man that passed that compassion down to us. But when my dad was buried, people came from many states all over, people that used to be homeless and now they're business owners because of the impact that my father made in their life. And when my dad was injured and he was almost had his head cut off, he went a year without salary because he wouldn't lie on a test that they gave him. And, and people that used to be homeless and drug addicts that my father and my mother brought in my home. They're business owners all over the world today. They paid my parents' house off as a Christmas gift that year because of the impact he had made in their lives. Amen. It works. You give without looking for return. And, and why am I saying all that? that? That he taught us a faith. He left us a faith. He left me a faith, not as a preacher, but as a man of God. He left a legacy of faith that has literally walked our family through the crisis that we've dealt with over the last few years with losing my father and then my brother dying to a brain disease a little over a year ago, my son's accident, Tommy, and then the faith that, that God allowed us to walk in. It wasn't great faith on our part. Many times it was little faith, but it was in a big God. But it was an understanding of a legacy that was left with us with my grandson right now who's the terminal in Sacred Heart. It's, it's a legacy of faith that says no matter what you see, what's shaking around you, it doesn't define you. The faith inside of you is going to define what's going on around you. And, and so I want to help you today as your pastor to simply pass on from my father to you a, a, a foundation that I hope you'll build on and understand that God's ultimate plan is to build something in you and through you that's far bigger than you and it's going to outlive you in Jesus' name. Come on, my, help me here today, all right? And so understanding that to, to establish this foundation, to establish this, this legacy, I want to go to some scriptures in Romans that says, you then, why do you judge your brother or your sister? He said, don't judge their walk. You got enough work to do on your own. Come on, help me. Anybody besides me, I don't need to try to get no devil out of somebody else. I need to keep the devil out of me, all right? Come on. He says, don't spend your time out here trying to figure out what's wrong with everybody else. Why do you treat them with contempt? He said, why are you wishing bad on people because they don't agree with you? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. He says, it is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow. 
before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God, so then each of us will give an account for ourselves to God. And I want to talk to you today on how to not worry about that. How to grab hold of where God has you today and how to focus. How many wants 217 to be the greatest building year of your future for the rest of your life? Number one, the first thing you've got to identify and really grab hold of before you can establish this new year and get this foundation going, number one, is you've got to answer the question, what are you doing with your new life in Jesus? How many is glad Jesus interrupted your journey? How many is glad Jesus came into your life? And the first question you've got to answer in establishing a new foundation and getting this foundation built to build a legacy of faith on is what are you doing with Jesus in your life? He came to earth on a mission trip to pay for our sins, yet most people are still paying for theirs. Jesus came to pay for all of your sins. Here's the great news of the cross. We, pre, we just sang about the old rugged cross. Here's the great news about the cross. He who knew no sin became sin, that you and I might become the righteousness of God in Christ, that he bore our sins in his body on the cross. And, and, and here's what happened when Jesus died on the cross, reminding your sin. Not only did he forgive us of our sin, he forgave us of the penalty of our sin. That we don't have to live guilty for the rest of our life. We don't have to live in shame for the rest of our life. We don't have to keep paying for the penalty of what he's already paid for. Come on, are you with me today? And, and, and he wants to know, what are you doing? Here's the question you've got to answer. What are you doing with Jesus? Are you letting him truly set you free? Are you really letting him accomplish what he came to do? Hell wasn't made for humans. Hell was made for, the, for Satan and the, and the false angels and the fallen angels. It was not made for a human being. It wasn't made for you. Heaven was made for you. And God wants you to experience heaven on this earth by receiving the forgiveness. Matthew says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? In your name, did we not drive out demons? And in your name, did we not perform many miracles? But I'm gonna tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And the Greek word knew there, it means to know him with my heart, not my head that I have a, a true relationship with Jesus. And can I say to you today, folks, and, and some of you, I want you to hear this today. Some of you need to hear this and start your year off right today. Jesus loves you. He loves you right where you are. He wants you to receive that love today and stop trying to fix yourself and get good enough and just come to him like you are and receive the gift of forgiveness that he's offered you today and walk in the newness of life that he's making free and available to you today and stop letting the enemy tell you what you were and start walking in who you are in Christ Jesus today. Come on, let's thank him for that gift today. See, he's, he's not about you just going to church or preaching, singing, teaching. God wants to know, do you love him? 
You can lead worship and not love Jesus. You can preach and teach and not love Jesus. Jesus says, I'm, I'm not looking for that. There's going to be many that said, I did all of that. And he's going to say, depart from me because you never even loved me. You were part of something, but you didn't love me. And the question you have to answer if you're going to build a legacy of faith first is, what did you do with Jesus? You see, God sent his son Jesus to give his life for you, and all he wants back is to give your life back to him. What did you do with Jesus? Number two, when you make that decision and you say, yes, I want Jesus in my life, and you begin to walk this journey with him, then you answer the second question, what did you do with what I provided to you? What did you do with what I provided to you? What are you doing with your life? You wanna leave a legacy? You wanna build a legacy? You wanna build a legacy of faith? Number one, so I need to have Jesus in my life, right? Then number two, what am I doing with the life that he gave me? Paul says in 2 Corinthians, for we must all appear, every Christian, the word all there is referring to Christians, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. You see, there's two judgments that are gonna take place in eternity. The first one deals with the first question, do you know Jesus? What did you do with Jesus? That's called the great white throne judgment where every person, not just Christian, are gonna stand before God and we're gonna give an account on whether we said yes or no to Jesus. And if our name's not written in the Lamb's book of life, he's gonna say, depart from me, I never knew you, and we're cast into eternal darkness for eternity. How many's glad that's not your story today? You've got Jesus, said yes to Jesus, amen? But then there's the second judgment, and it's not really a judgment, but it refers to what he's referring to here, Paul. It's called the Bema Seat Judgment, and it's really a place of rewards. That God now says, you're in heaven, you've made it. You said yes to Jesus, and he's saying, I wanna now give back to you for the life that you gave to me when you were on earth. I wanna reward you now. And God is saying on that day, he, he gets the opportunity to pay you back for all the good works that you did on this earth. Those times you stood at the door and it was wet and rainy outside and you're out there parking cars and doing security and you're back there with some snotty kids today and, 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 and things you're serving, you're putting coffee, you're here at six o'clock making coffee. God's keeping a record of all of that. And I may not be able to pay you from the church, but God's saying there's a day coming at the Bema seat that I've got a record of every Sunday you served, every person you touched, every time you gave of your life back to my kingdom, I've got a record of it, and I'm gonna reward you abundantly on that day. There's seven crowns that God's gonna give out on that day as a reward for our service unto him. And I don't know about you, but I want something coming back. He's saying, what, what did you do with your life? What did you do with what I gave you? Matthew says, for the Son of Man is going to come in his, father, in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward every person according to what he or she has done. Can I tell you, the greatest answer you and I can give God is this on that day. When we stand before him, and he says, you accepted my Son, you accepted the ultimate gift that I could give my son Jesus. You accepted him. 
What did you do with your life? What, what did you do? I want to be able to look at him and say, I gave my life away. Amen. The greatest answer we can give him is not I built this church, not that I did, not that I accomplished that, not that I got these accolades, not that this trophy's on my wall. The greatest answer I can give to God on that day is I gave my life away. And so I want to help you with that, understand that, because that means I understand eternity. Now just stay with me. The worship team is going to come back and help me. Because eternity matters. Ecclesiastes says, he has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. That, that with every person saved or unsaved today, there is this understanding that life doesn't end here. Now, if you don't believe that, let one of your old drinking buddies get on death's bed. And they're not calling for a drinking buddy. They want a preacher. Come on, help me. When life's going good, come on, bro, which bar are we hitting tonight? You know what I'm saying? But let them hit a crisis. They know there's a life after this, and they want somebody to help them get to that God before it all comes to an end right here. Come on, am I right about it? And he says within every person, there's this understanding of an eternity, knowing that there is an eternity and that we're going to stand before God one day. I want to give you three areas of life that we should live intentionally. Amen. We're building a foundation for a legacy of faith that we want to leave. We want to build it. and We want to leave it. Three things that we must do intentionally. Number one, give from what I have. Give from what I have. God does not expect from you what you don't have, but he's very interested in what you're doing with what you do have. Why? Why is God concerned that we're, what we're doing with what we have? He gave it to us. So he has a right to want to know what are we doing with it. Paul says in Corinthians 9, you will be made rich in every way. Come on, somebody. That just sounds good right there. You will be made rich in every way. How many will take that for 217 right there? Now, now don't, I'm not trying to hype you up here and just, because sometimes it's not money. How many could use some more joy in 17? Come on. I mean, how many's found out that sometimes it's not a $20 bill you need? You, you need some groceries in that cabinet. How many know sometimes it's not groceries? You just need somebody with a word of hope to stop by your door and, and share some life with you. And he said, you're gonna be rich in every way. Why? So that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God that those that you bless are gonna come back to God and give thanks that there was somebody that was genuine enough and caring enough that got it, that's leaving a legacy, not just trying to think about themselves, but thinking about others, that they're leaving a legacy of hope. They're gonna give thanks to God for you and the Jesus that lives inside of you. You see, this week, we were at the hospital and and, and it's been a crazy week. My little grandson, if you're a guest, my, my father died of a brain disease. My brother died of a brain disease. My little three-year-old grandson has been diagnosed terminal with a brain disease. Medically, he's in the last stages. And it's been three, three weeks now in the hospital. It's been a nightmare. 
we've lost him several times and they've revived him. And, and so we're at the hospital staying up there quite often and a lot. And then we still pastor a church. And, and this week while we're up the hospital, I, I've met with two pastors that were ready to give up on ministry. And I've met with three marriages that are in crisis. And, 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 and then we've had people in our church come and say, Pastor, we really, and every person that I've met with said, we really don't want to bother you. We really don't want to bother you. And we appreciate this church and how they always look out after our family. And, and they go, we don't want to bother you. And I say, you're not a bother. And, and they have not been a bother because the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. And, and I don't know about you, but I can just look around here today and say, thank you, Jesus, that you have blessed us as a church, and you have blessed us with much, and you've given us much, and, and, and we've got to come and understand that if you stop allowing the identity of God to be your controlling force that we talked about up front, the things around you will start identifying you and you will miss who you are and God's purpose and plan in your life. You can't stop living in the midst of crisis. You've got to keep giving and keep serving out of every ounce of love and energy and faith that's inside of you. And as you're giving out, God's going to keep putting, matter of fact, I just feel like giving something away, right? Now, do I have some help? Just some generosity. Anybody want a little gift today? Just something free? Come on, anybody? How about a Transformation Church t-shirt? Come on. gift from the church to you. Come on. But what am I saying? What, what are you saying? That you, you've got to be willing at all times to give, to share, to share whatever's inside of you. Be intentional with your giving. My wife and I, for 36 years of marriage, we've been intentional with our giving, with our tithe. We do that intentionally. We don't do that because we think God's going to knock us dead if we don't. We do it intentionally because we understand the blessing that comes with it. Our first fruit offering is the only other time gift of the year that, we, that we're locked in intentionally because we understand the biblical principle behind it and, and the blessing that comes with it. And so we intentionally, and that's why we give you four to five weeks advance on the first fruit offering because we want it to be an intentional offering that you genuinely pray about and say, God, this is the best offering I can give you at the beginning of the year that I'm believing you to open up the heavens and bring supernatural blessing upon my family. As I give you the first, you're gonna bless the rest. This intentional. And so we want to challenge you today. Number one, if you're going to build a foundation of a legacy of faith is you've got to give from what you have. Number two, and I'm going to go quick, serve others. Serve others. Listen to me today. Legacy. This is what my dad taught me more than anybody. Legacy comes from making other people's needs more important than your wants. Amen. Building legacy. You will never build legacy when you're the focus of it. Amen. Legacy only comes when other people are the focus and you're the solution. Amen. Can I get a, one more? Come on, amen, something. Amen. I hope you're letting that sink in because life teaches us to just take care of us. But legacy builders are always looking out for others. 
And you know our, our four-step process here at the church, and say it with me. Number one is we have four things we want everyone that comes in this church, guests, brand new, or been here a while. Four steps we take everyone through. Number one is we want to know that you know God. We want to know that you don't come and just get a part of an exciting, energetic church and, and never know have a personal relationship with Jesus. We want to know that you have a personal relationship with Jesus and you know God. Number two is we want to help you find freedom. You see, we want to take you on a journey. Once you know Jesus, we understand that life doesn't end and struggles don't go away, all of them. And we want to help you through those things and, and help you find freedom in your life. We're not going to judge you or condemn you. We're all working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And we have small groups and, and accountability partners that we want to help you get plugged into. And our new semester of small groups is about to kick off. And we want you to grab hold and get involved in those. And, and once you have, or you're on that journey of finding freedom, we want to get you plugged into discovery your purpose. And we do that through our growth track. The first three Sunday nights of every month, we meet in our kids zone at six o'clock and we feed you and we walk you through a three-week journey of finding your purpose and your plan in God. 87% of all Christians never get out of freedom into discovering their purpose. They spend their whole life trying to be good enough for God to love them. And they never commit their life to serving anybody. Life is spent completely about them trying to be happy. And watch me right now. Look at me right now. You will never find true freedom until you first discover your purpose Amen. and get active in it. And once you discover your purpose, we want you to help us with number four, and that's make a difference. Become part of something bigger than you and go serve and make a difference in people's lives. And, and next week, we should have our new Something Extra God Loves You cards out with a new address on them. All right? But here's what I want to say, and I'm going to move on and, and wrap this up. If you're brand new at Transformation Church, this is our first Sunday of the year, so I'm going to talk pastoral for a minute. If you're brand new and you're just getting in life with Jesus and this is all new to you and you need time to breathe, breathe. We want you to take time to breathe. Don't, don't feel rushed. Don't feel pressure to do anything. Just come and get and receive and just get a foundation under you and we're going to help you with that. But if you've been part of Transformation Church for a while, and you're not making the difference yet, you're not on the dream team yet, can I challenge you today, let 217 be the year that you're gonna plug into your gift and your calling, Amen. and let Jesus help you join the team and become some part of something bigger than you, and let's go make a difference in serving other people in a way that we can impact people for eternity, amen? And so if you're not on the dream team and you've been here a while, come to Grow Track tonight, get into these first three weeks of the year, let's get plugged into God's call in our life, We've got kids back there, over 100 children now are back there every Sunday morning here in the gospel. Many of those kids come from broken families. They don't get the love at home that they're going to get right here. We've got a TC Haven, seven rooms designated for special needs right now. And if God's gifted you, I don't want you to serve. I'm not asking you to serve there. If that's not your gift, please don't. We'll lose children and you. But I'm just giving you a couple examples. If you've got a passion for children, especially special needs, 21% of this county is special needs. And they have few churches to even look at, and they want to go to a church. And we've got seven rooms now. And if God's put that in your heart, join, get through Grow Track, get on that team, and let's feel. We've got almost four, right over 40 children that come to this church now that are special needs. And our vision is to see it grow to 100, 150. 
And when we've got 100 and 150 children meeting here, we're going to turn this entire facility into a special needs campus only. And it's totally everything we're doing in this building, remodeling us for wheelchairs and special needs. And, and by the way, one of the largest CEOs of a hospital in this city has already got on the phone with me last week. And there's a whole group of medical people that are wanting to provide every medical item we need in this church for special needs as a free gift. And they're going to come in and train us. The word's getting out and it's getting out. And, and what am I saying? You're part of something bigger than you. Plug in. Let's go make a difference. Number three, share Christ. Share Christ. These are three things that I do intentionally. That if I do intentionally, I'm going to build a foundation that God can build a legacy of faith on. Number one is I'm going to give out of what I have. Number two, I'm going to serve others. Number three, I'm going to share Christ. The greatest thrill, the greatest thrill you will ever get in this church, the greatest moment of your life at Transformation Church is not going to be on a Sunday morning worship service. The greatest thrill you're going to get here is not when you're serving, though that's an awesome one. The greatest thrill you will ever experience in this house is on that Sunday morning when you bring that family member or that friend that's lost because you cared enough to talk to them about Jesus and you invited them to your church. And they're sitting beside you on that Sunday morning. And you know the routine. I'm going to preach a message about Jesus and I'm going to give an opportunity for an altar call and I'm going to let those that want Jesus to raise your hand and I'm going to ask everybody to bow their head and close their eyes where you're peeking that Sunday. You just want to see, are they going to get saved today? Are they going to give their life to Jesus? And it's okay. You can peek that Sunday. I'll give you permission. The greatest Sunday of your life at this church, the greatest experience you will ever have in this church is on that Sunday when you watch that family member friend raise their hand. And they say yes to him. And you know that you didn't do it, but because you cared enough to just share, you cared enough just to talk about Jesus and to share Christ. Somebody just left hell and entered heaven. And you get to celebrate with it. The Bible's full of scriptures. I only have a few. Paul said we are Christ ambassadors. An ambassador means a representative of a higher power. That we are representatives of a higher power. We are God is making his appeal through us. That God's saying, you are my mouthpiece on the earth right now. Go share Christ. Tell your family. Tell your friends. Tell those you don't know. Tell your co-workers. Luke said, go into the country and urge everyone you find to come in so that my house may be full. And I'm going to tell you, as long as heaven hell are real and there's one person out there that hasn't made that choice yet this pastor in this church is going to keep a voice crying out that whosoever will let him come whosoever will let him come that we understand that our ultimate goal is to share Jesus many know in 98 I went through a very strong crisis in my life I wound up with three heart monitors 24 hours a day I had to make a transition in my life. And my wife and I become unemployed, no income. A friend 
that I was helping coach ball with. Her husband happened to be in financial services and he called and met with me and said, we're looking for someone with leadership skills in Escambia County to train in the financial services. I grew up poor, man. I didn't know the difference of a mutual fund annuity. You know what I mean? When we grew up so poor, our chickens leaned up against the barn, you know? And uh, when your chickens are leaning, you pull, you know what I mean? And, and I didn't know nothing about finances. And he said, well, you're the kind we want. We're gonna train you. I said, teach away. And they did. And I became a student of finances, and I learned it. And in the company I was with, they had an award. It's called the Alexander Club. And it was an award that they gave. It was a, a Super Bowl ring that they had made. And it, it's the Super Bowl company that makes the rings for our football players makes it. It's gold. It's heavy. And if you cash flowed $100,000 in a 12-month period, you got the ring and you're part of the club. In my ninth month, I got it. I made it. I don't wear it because it's very gaudy. So it's just something that will go down to my son when I die. So he's praying I die soon. But um, not really. I don't think. I don't know. But um, I got it. But here's why I'm saying. That's why I tell the whole story. Was this ring was never my focus. Because the president of the company taught us, and it became my motto, and Debbie was one of the agents that worked with me. And she, she was in every one of my trainings. That I taught this, that I now have, with the knowledge that I have, and the skills that I possess, and the tools that are in my hands, I have the ability to literally change people's lives. And I did. And so my focus was never the ring because if my focus was the ring, I would abuse those people to get it. They had to become my focus because I had the opportunity with the knowledge that I had and the skills that I possess and the tools that were in my hand to literally sit in a living room at a dining room table and financially change a family's life. And God allowed me to do that with hundreds. Can I tell you today as Christians, with the knowledge that we have, and the skills that God has given each one of us, and the tools, the anointing, the word, prayer, the Holy Spirit that he has placed in our life, we have the ability to literally change people's lives for eternity. And the rewards is not why we do it or we will abuse them to get where we want to go. But we do it because God has changed ours and now he's given us the ability to impact somebody else's life, not with just a word, but with a change and with hope. And I want to challenge this church as we go into a new year that we don't get caught up in the new building. We don't get caught up in the new facility and we forget why we've got it. But that God has given us what we have as a gift because he's trusted us to reach this community with the hope of Jesus, this city with the hope of Jesus. Business owners are coming by going, we've heard and, and we want to come check it out. We've got homeless people coming going, can you help us? And we are. And God's bringing in. And, and I want to challenge you today is share from what you have. Give from what you have. Share your faith. And go represent Jesus well. And do it intentionally. And if you do, you're going to establish a foundation for a legacy that will go for generation to generation. And it'll outlive you. And it'll be kingdom impacting for eternity, for generations to come. The greatest feeling I have today is that when I breathe my last breath,
this church is going to be in the hands of my son that will take it to measures and levels that I could never take it. And a generation of spiritual sons and daughters that stand on this platform every week and lead this church that, that used to be babies that grabbed me around the knee and now they're becoming young adults in this church and they've grown up under our vision and under our leadership and they're part of my family. They're my spiritual sons and daughters that when I'm dead, it doesn't end. It's going to a brand new level. It's gonna go further than I ever could have taken it because of the foundation of faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And God wants to do that in every one of us. How many is ready to leave a legacy of faith? Come on, you with me? Father, we love you today and I thank you. I thank you, God, that Lord, you saved us first. Come on, anybody here thankful for your salvation? Thank you, Father. And God, I pray today that you'll help us as we understand today that, God, you've saved us for a reason. What will we do with your son, Jesus? Then what will we do with what you have given us and provided for us? And I pray over this body today, God, that you will speak a challenging word to our heart today, for we are grateful. We are thankful for all that you've done in our lives, spiritually and naturally. And so, God, I pray over this body and how many right now you would, you would say, Pastor Dan, I'm here today and I'm listening and, and right now I'm not a bad person, but spiritually I'm just not in a good place and, and man, God gave me 217 and this is an opportunity for a brand new beginning and, and I just want to start over, Pastor. I, I need to make a choice today and I want to give my life to Jesus and I want him to be the Lord of my life and I want 217 to be a great year spiritually for me and I know for that to happen today, I need to say yes to him. I need Jesus in my life. If that's you right now, would you just slip a hand right where you sit and you can put it down. God bless you. God bless you. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I just want to pray a prayer with you if that's you. Anyone else before we pray? You say, that's me. That's me. I need Jesus. Maybe on live stream, you need to pray that prayer. Jesus loves you today. We love you too. We want to help you. If you raise your hand or you did not, you need Jesus in your life. Will you pray this prayer with me today? Say, dear Jesus. We're going to pray it with you so you're not alone. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart you raised from the dead, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, you join me and let's celebrate with these that are prayed today.